Praise the Lord. Greetings in the name of the Lord. This is Holy Lady T checking in on this glorious, glorious night. And yes, I am still saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. And yes, I am enjoying my life with Jesus. How about you? God is great and he is so greatly to be praised on today. Y'all, I'm so excited about Jesus being in my life. I tell you, I am. And y'all, want to tell it like it is Tuesday. Ooh, I got a message for the singles. I got a message for the singles. But before I say that, y'all, as a body of Christ, we need to stand up for Christ because y'all, I've seen so many professing believers dressing up, adults dress, adults as well as children dressing up in costumes, celebrating like this demonic holiday and making excuses for it. But the Bible say, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And I'm looking like this holiday is clearly evil. You see darkness surrounding it. You see devil, like de demonic images surrounding it. And it's just so evil. And the Bible tells us to abstain from all appearance of evil, but yet people make excuses of why they think it's okay for you to just wear, oh, it's not a demonic costume, but you're still celebrating an evil holiday. And so it, it's time for us as a body of Christ to take a stand. And I'm looking like if we as a body of Christ cannot take a stand together on a holiday that clearly appears evil, how are we going to take a stand on anything else or anything else? Because the devil is shrewd. The devil is real shrewd. Like he's, he, he's transforming himself to look like an angel of light. So we can't even stand together on a holiday that clearly looks demonic. And it is. How are we going to stand? And that's why a lot of times church is divided on these topics Church is divided on laws that's being passed that's against God's holy word. They silent. They silent because they don't want their buddy friends, their co-workers, the other people around them to think less of them or they, they, they know they ain't going to be all friendly, friend, friend with them anymore. So they have a problem. Even in the workplace, I don't care if I'm the only one standing for Christ. Talk about me all day long. That's on you. But I'm going to represent God because the thing is, if we be ashamed of God in this crooked and perverse world and generation, Christ is going to be ashamed of us when he comes back in the second coming and don't even think that you're going to darken them heavenly gates or maybe i should say lighten don't even think that you're uh, going to lighten those heavenly gates if you was ashamed of god on this earth on things that matter can't even hear some of these folks can't even hear some of these folks talking about you're saved but to go along to get along and to get along with the crowd and the religious folk that's claiming to be religious silence won't open your mouth up and say nothing and now i do understand that i'm one of those these people that's on the front lines for christ like i'm on the front line y'all excuse me i'm on the front line for christ and y'all if y'all see something blurry the devil is a lie i'm still here on here i don't know what's going on with my camera but i'm on the front lines for christ and I understand that I, I, God has equipped me and empowered me to take a bold stand. But it's the thing that the people that are claiming to be saved, they still, they still not in uh, agreement. And I'm 
you know what, at this point in time, I'm like, you know, I'm still going to stand for Christ regardless, <laughs> regardless if, if the body of Christ, the people that claim to be a body of Christ get with me or not. I know that it, there is members like of the body of Christ all over this world, all over this nation. And it just does me great that I see just a few that is still standing for holiness and righteousness. And those are the ones that I am linking with because I'm like, hey, we got to stand powerful together and pray for the weak ones. Pray for the ones that are too ashamed of Christ. We got to pray for them, but we got to keep it moving. Glory to God. And so you might be the only one around where you at or in your region or wherever you at, but keep standing for holiness and righteousness because God is pleased. And that's who we trying to please. God, not people. We got to take a strong and bold stand for what we believe in according to the Holy Scriptures. While others is just going to the church building, bucking and shouting, grabbing a mic, saying stuff in the mic. But when it's out on these streets and in real life, they can't live the life. They can't represent God. Hey, pray for them. Pray for them. Because God ain't pleased with their life. Definitely not. Again, we be ashamed of him. He gonna be ashamed of us. But anyway, y'all, I had to get that out because I'm like, oh my gosh. It's like the masses of people that claim to be saved. And if I was say, hey, see, this is another scripture. Like only a few gonna be saved. See, 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 the Bible say, narrow is the way. See, broad is the way that's leading to destruction many is going in that broad way i don't care if they claim to be religious i don't care if they claim to be saved i don't care what their religious title is in the church broad is the way that leads to destruction many is going that way so straight is gay and narrow is the way that leads to life few that be that find it because some they don't want to suffer with christ they don't want to deny the pleasures of this world they don't want to be alone so it's like, oh, okay, let them have it their way. But I'm telling you, pray for them. Pray that they get a life to God. Pray that they actually be the ambassador for Christ. Because all of us are supposed to be ambassadors for Christ. All of us are supposed to be his witnesses if we say we say. But y'all, that's not what my podcast is about on today. It Tell it like it is Tuesday, y'all. Tell it like it is Tuesday. <laughs> today, 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 we're going to talk about God's type, and that's when it comes to men. So, if a man is watching, hey, that's on you. But I'm telling us single women, what is God's type of man? Because you might have your preferences, you might have your preferences, you might have a type, but is your type lined up with God's type? And see, I'm like, y'all, years ago when God revealed to me, like how my husband was going to be, the characteristics he was going to have. Majority of them was inward characteristics. So we could be great in the kingdom of God together. So our purposes could align. He revealed these things to me. I jotted them down in my notes. And I'm not going to tell y'all because it's some specific characteristics that uh, he possessed that will make me and him a power couple in the kingdom of God. But anyway, y'all, there is a type. And it just gets me. Another thing is how people is rating people. Like she's a 10. She's this. Whatever. Men, if you listen, I'm not, I'm not even going to attempt to follow that worldly trend. But I know that I will, I, I have lined my husband 
up with the word of God. Like that, that's what that's what he gotta be lined up with. Not worldly trends and what's the going on, whatever. No, he got to be lined up with the word of God. Glory to God. And so, y'all, ladies, God's type. Let's go for God's type. Because if we receive God's type, our life will be blessed. Our life will be blessed. And I look at my father who is God's type because he lines up with all these scriptures that I looked at. Um, He is God's type. And guess what, ladies? My parents have been married for over 41 years. So we have to look at what is God saying? Like what kind of man, uh, what, what is a godly man? What are some characteristics that he would have because just getting up saying a bunch of words in the church building do not make him a godly man you got to follow the life and the fruit okay and so there are some scriptures that list like characteristics on how a godly man is or what kind of characteristics a godly man should have so god's type you want to be blessed you want to enjoy life with your spouse God's type. Don't settle for less than God's type. Because me looking at my parents' marriage, I was like, yes, godly marriages work. And yes, you can be joyfully married by looking at them. So that's what really convinced me not to ever settle for someone that was not a believer in Christ Jesus or someone that is not growing in grace. Because if this man, okay, we're going to get to these characteristics. But anyway, godly marriages work and you can be joyful and fruitful in godly marriages. And that is that is what, I don't care, I'm 39 years old, but I dare not settle for someone that is not a believer because, see, I love God. I love the way God treats me and I cannot marry a man that don't know or have the love of God because he don't know how to properly treat me as his spouse. And we're going to get into that on tonight. So God's type, number one, ladies, God's type, number one, God's type is holy. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1 and 16 to be holy as he is holy. Be holy for I am holy. So God's type is holy. He is pure he is sanctified glory to god god's type first corinthians 11 and 3 the head of every man is god the head of every man is god and the head of every woman is the man so ladies you need to make sure that the head of the man that you're trying to marry is god you want to be fruitful again and successful in your marriage, make sure his head is God, not human philosophy, not his own thoughts, not his own reasonings that do not come from God's thoughts and God's reasoning. But you want to marry a man whose head is God, not even a person that listen to other people that are not godly. No, his head, his head, because the head is important. Y'all know how important our head is on our body. 
His head must be God. You want to flow? You want your relationship with your spouse to flow correctly? You want to walk in the right direction? You need to make sure his head is God. Because if he's following God, then you following him, then you are being led into prosperity, into peace, into love, into joy, into all that God has for you because you're following him and he's following God. Proper order in the home will bring successful homes, successful children, successful marriages. And that's what I'm marriage. My marriage matters. My marriage matters. And so I, you, if you say you say, need to make sure that his head is God. Can't, he can't just say that. You're going to clearly see it through his faithfulness to God, his devotion to God, the way he makes decisions, the way he moves. And I'm talking about live. That all of that, you're going to be able to know if his head is God, if he's following God. God is his primary source, his go-to for knowledge and wisdom, not just on earth, but the knowledge and wisdom that will lead and guide him on earth to glory, to heaven. So you want to make sure his head is God because he's going to lead you all to abundant life. You as his wife and his children to abundant life when his head is God. Now, the Bible says in Ephesians 5.23, excuse me, 5.25, husbands love your wives. He has to be capable of love. He has to be capable of love. Again, he has to have God because God is love. So if he do not have God, he cannot love you as God loves you. He can't. It will be a human love, but it will not be a godly love because he don't have God. And so we have to be fully persuaded in our mind of these scriptures. And I am, because again, I have a perfect example in front of me of my father being a godly man that loves God and how he properly loves my mom. Because trust and believe if he didn't, you, I, we would know it. <laughs> so he properly loves my mom. And so anyway, if I'm saying husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. So again, ladies, your husband, future husband, cannot love you as Christ loved the church if he don't even have God, if he's not part of the church. So that's like, these are qualities that he must have. He must be holy. He must have Christ as his head. He must love you as Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? It said he gave himself for it. And see, this is why I got to have a godly man, because I'm telling you, these men out here, they are so stingy. They are so selfish. Like, the Bible say, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Now listen, let, let, let me tell y'all how Christ loved the church. He gave of his only begotten son, okay? Died on the cross for our sins, yes. And so this was something, 
this is something valuable to God. This is something very valuable to God. And he gave, he gave self-sacrifice. And so if you see a man and he's not willing to sacrifice for you, I'm talking about it don't, it don't matter what you do for him. And women, I'm not saying that you should sacrifice for him. But again, we talk about God's type of man that you should marry. So he supposed to give of himself, not expecting anything in return. Because how many of us know that all of us were sinners? None of us came into this world saved. So Christ died for us all, knowing that some of us, not me, but some people was not going to receive salvation. But he died and rose for us all. So self-sacrifice, you're giving of yourself, not expecting anything return. Even if you don't give any, even if you don't get anything in return, you still sacrifice because that's who you are as a holy man of God. Because it's about you and your relationship with God and how you love your wife. It has nothing to do with what she's returning to you. Because again, Christ died while we was yet sinners and couldn't live for him, couldn't do nothing for him. But he gave of himself, self-sacrifice. So how, uh, how else did Christ love the church? He was long and he is long suffering towards us. I thank the God. I thank God for Jesus. He is long suffering towards us. He has compassion towards us. Slow to anger. Read the scriptures, young ladies. Slow to anger. That's our God. And that is how our husband supposed to love us. Because it's saying, as Christ loved the church. These are things that you should see in your potential spouse. Okay, we're going to go on. Now, it says that he might sanctify it and sanctify and cleanse it. Excuse me, I'm looking over. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. If your husband don't know scripture, I'm trying to figure out why you marry him. I'm talking about, I'm talking to the same ones on the night. He don't know scripture. He don't live scripture. How he going to be able to sanctify and wash you with the word? He don't even know the word. He don't even live the word. So ladies, ladies, God's type know the word. God's type live the word. I'm not talking about all they know is how to preach. But they don't have no word that they live in at home. You don't see it being practiced in their daily life. Mm -mm. God's type is going to be able to wash you with the word. Woo! Can't wait. My holy man, God, mm, is wonderful. Another, the 28th verse in Ephesians 5. It also says for the husband to love their wives as their own bodies. So they're supposed to take care of their body now. If they don't now, now you know you don't need to marry him. 
So they're supposed to love their wives as their own bodies. The Bible says, but nourish it and cherish it. So your spouse supposed to nourish and cherish you. This is God's type. And if you see that this man is not capable of doing these things, or you don't see some of these qualities, they are not God's type. And you don't need to marry somebody that's not God's type. All right, so he nourish us and he cherish us. And so you, how, how they treat you, you're going to know if they're they going to cherish you by the way they treat you. You will notice that. They nourish and cherish you. Okay. The Bible says, in 32, the 33rd verse, love his wife even as himself. So however you see him loving himself, that's how he's supposed to love you. All of these ways is describing how the husband is supposed to love you. As Christ loved the church, how did Christ love the church? He gave of himself. He's supposed to give, give to you. Like, why are you stingy? No. you Now, I'm not talking about over, overdoing it. I'm not talking about that. But he should be more than willing to give to his wife of his time, of his resources, of his money, whatever. Because this is his wife. He should be willing to sacrifice things for her. Bible, y'all, I just read it. Um, again, he's supposed to love the wife as his own body. He's supposed to nourish her and cherish her. He's supposed to love her even as himself. And again, as Christ loved the church, Christ, Christ is long-suffering towards us. He's compassionate towards us. He shows us unconditional love again. And he is slow to anger. Isn't it lovely? That's why, ladies, I don't know why. Why why, 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 would you want to settle for somebody that is not a believer in Christ that cannot come up to this standard? Like, I love my Savior. He's treating me really well. So I will wait for my holy husband that's going to treat me just as well as my Savior. And I'm not saying that he might not make a mistake. I'm not perfect. But he he lives this. And when he do make a mistake, he know to apologize. He recognize it and be like, wait, I wasn't loving you like this. He'll be able to recognize what he's doing that's incorrect. Mm, We're going to go on. First Peter 3 and 7 says, your husband supposed to dwell. It says, dwell with you according to knowledge. Dwell with you according to knowledge. Give an honor to you. So when you ask me, I'm not honoring her. What? When you get married, your husband's supposed to give honor to you. Okay. As unto the weaker vessel, as being heirs together, heirs together. So he don't supposed to be stumping on you, belittling you. No, he see you as you and him are heirs together. Y'all are together in this. Y'all are a team. Because again, I've said this in other podcasts, this is a covenant relationship. Y'all are a team. Y'all work together in both of y'all purposes. One main purpose, one main purpose is to glorify God and to honor him in our marriage. But then God has given me 
something to do in his kingdom. God's giving him something to do in his kingdom. But we're going to come together and we are greater together, helping each other fulfill purpose together. Anyway, so they're together, heirs together of the grace of life. That's 1 Peter 3 and 7. I like the Amplified version. It says, in the same way, you husbands live with your wives in an understanding way, with great gentleness, with great gentleness and tact, and with an intelligent regard for the marriage relationship, as with someone physically weaker. It don't, weaker vessel don't mean my mind is weak. No. We are physically, our, our structure, how we're made, we're physically weaker than men. Since she is a woman, show her honor and respect as a fellow heir of the grace of life. So that your prayers will not be hindered or ineffective. So we're supposed to marry a man that's going to honor us, that's going to use gentleness and tact. That's going to have intelligent regard for our marriage relationship. That's going to recognize we are physically weaker than them and treat us as such. And that's going to live with us in an understanding way. They're going to be understanding towards us. Y'all, these men do exist. Stop settling. Don't settle. Don't waste your time. If you save, stop wasting your time with an unsaved man. Expect him to come up to this standard as an unsaved man because he's not. He don't have the love of God in his life. So therefore, he cannot come up to all of this. He can't. He can do the best he can, but he can't. As a man of God, a man of God can come up to this because he has the love of God in him. He has that Holy Ghost power. He has that supernatural ability to come up to everything that God is asking him to come up to. All right. Now, Titus 2. The men, it say young men, likewise exhort to be sober-minded. Sober-minded, y'all. Sober-minded. And again, you can't be sober-minded if you high and drunk. Can't be. Can't be. He needs to be able to make sober decisions. That's why the Bible say the men supposed to be sober-minded. Don't be even drunk off philosophy. No, you need to get in a spirit, get in the word of God, so you can be able to think clearly. Glory to God. All right, that's Titus 2 and 6. Titus 2 and 7 says, And all things showing thyself a pattern, a pattern of good works and doctrine, Showing uncorruptness. God's type is uncorrupt. Gravity, sincerity, gravity, sincerity, sound speech. Woo! Sound speech. Y'all, these type of men still exist. Sound speech that cannot be condemned. That he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. And I'm going to read the Amplified Version because I like the Amplified Version. And it, it goes along, it explains the King James Version very good. It say, in a similar way, urge the young men to be sensible and self-controlled. Self-controlled. 
They should be able to know how to control their emotions, their actions, their responses. Urge the young men to be sensible and self-controlled and to behave wisely. Behave wisely. Taking life seriously. I mean, if nothing else, I mean, a lot of things, this is my pet peeve. But when a man don't take life seriously, like, hey, this is more than you. Your You have your children that's looking up to you. You have future generations looking up to you. You have other young men around you looking up to you. You ought to take life seriously because your decisions impact more than you. Yes, you are important. Yes, you are important, but excuse me, y'all, my thing is getting my computer getting low. You are important, but your decisions, that's why you are important, because your decisions, excuse me, your decisions impact more than you. It's going to have an impact on your children, your children's children, everybody around you. So, you, as a man, have to take life seriously. Be careful of your actions. Some things are not necessarily a sin, but it's a bad example to the other young men. So you should be careful about what you say, how you joke around, what you do. You got to be careful about what you're doing with your life because it's going to affect you and other people. So... Teach them, like urge them to behave wisely. Take life seriously. And all things show yourself to be an example. All things show yourself to be an example. If you call yourself an example in a church, you need to be an example at home. You need to be an example in the workplace. You need to be an example if you're going to Tahiti, wherever you're going, in another island somewhere. You should be found in no club somewhere on a boat or wherever you at, getting drunk or sliding down something half naked. Like what? No. It's a, and all things show yourself to be an example of good works. The things that you do supposed to be good, not just in the church building. Again, wherever you go, and it just, it warms my heart to see a man that care about others, a man that's caring about his family, his mom, his sisters, even people that's not related to him. Like he'll take out his time to help people just that he see that's in need. That's good works because he's caring about somebody other than himself. When he's able to care about other people, not getting nothing in return, not expecting nothing in return, but because of the kindness of his heart and because of the compassion that he has in his heart, he's caring about other people. He's felt around the community and felt around church and around his family doing good works. He has a pattern of good works. And it don't even matter about being patted on the back or not. He's still going to do good works because he has a good heart. That is so attractive. That is so attractive when a man would take out his time to help other people, not even looking for, for public praise, but because of the kindness and compassion and heart he have. That's beautiful, y'all. That's attractive. And that's going to show you that he's going to take care of you without expecting anything in return. Not saying that you should not. Because for my husband, oh, no, I'm going to go all out and out because that's my king. Yes. But I'm saying, like, he's going to do for you because 
he love you because he's kind because he's godly because he's because he care okay now he has a pattern of good he it says show yourself to be an example of good works with purity and doctrine purity and doctrine having the strictest regard for integrity and truth like you who you say you are you a preacher you a teacher of god's holy word okay but you preaching and teaching you live it out here on these streets you living it in your home you living it everywhere you go because it's not enough to know the word of god but you got to live it too you got to be fully persuaded in your own mind that this thing is real that jesus changed my life and i'm going to obey him and i'm going to bring glory to him now this is an attractive man with purity and doctrine having the strictest regard for integrity and truth integrity and truth like he don't need the pastor to be watching his every step because he know who he is in christ and he's gonna have this pattern of good works whether the pastor is watching him or not he's gonna stick to the truth not according to human knowledge but according to god god is truth his word is truth so he's gonna stick to that and he's gonna apply that to his life and he's gonna stand for truth even if he's the only one standing he's gonna stand for truth um dignified Ooh, a dignified man attractive sound and beyond reproach in instruction sound and beyond reproach in instruction so that the opponent of the faith will be shamed having nothing bad